Welcome back to another episode of the Last Man Standing podcast, the unofficial podcast of the CBS All Access series, The Stand. I'm Nick. I'm Matt. And I'm Corey. And we are the broadcasters. And today we're diving into the final episode, episode nine, I guess appropriately or not appropriately named, Closing the Circle. Is it like I... I don't think they know how circles work. Yeah, or closing them apparently. Maybe more like an oval. We just got real lazy on the last couple of episode titles with this one. The fact the last one was the stand. This one, again, just one one more thing the show fucked up. It's titles. Yay! Yay! Uh, I guess we should probably change up CBS All Access anymore because we're not the Super Bowl. Jam that down our faces that this is no longer CBS All Access. Yeah, I loved every commercial break hearing about how this is Paramount Plus now because I refuse to get the ad-free version. They're not getting a <laughs> single more dollar from me, y'all. We canceled already. <laughs> uh, this week's episode, as well as all of our future episodes, are going to be brought by our sponsor, GlareGuard. GlareGuard creates high-quality polarized sunglasses for a fraction of the price. Go now to glareguard.com backslash broadcasters or go to glareguard.com and type in broadcasters at checkout for 25% off your first order. That's right, 25% off your first order. Not bad. Not bad at all. Before we jump into this episode, Matt, you got a brief synopsis for us of what's going on. Baby Abigail is the first survivor of Captain Trips. Stu and Tom make it back to Boulder. Franny see the ocean, falls down a well, tells Flag to fuck off, and is magically healed by a reincarnated Mother Abigail and stands up. The dark man pops up in a rainforest naked and is worshipped by the tribe there, and the circle keeps on circling. Yeah, circling the drain on this one. This, this <laughs> one just won't flush. I can't believe we're not done with this show yet. But this I'm it. very excited to jump in this episode, and then I can say... We're done. I don't have to worry about James Mardson or anybody else from this show ruining my weekends. This is it, man. We can we can do this. I believe in the three of us that our collective energy can put this one to bed. Are we ready for this? Let's stand up, y'all. Let's stand. <laughs> Let's stand. All right, let's lead this off with some uh, initial reactions. Corey, why don't you, you know, lead us here? What are you thinking? There's a weight lifted off of my shoulders. There is a lightness <laughs> to my step and soul today, folks, because I watched the last episode for the second time, and I never have to watch it again. This isn't going to be something you like, like a once a year yet. Yeah, just just <laughs> go on a meth binge and just put down the whole series in like one fever dream episode. Uh, yeah, I I know I don't know and don't do meth. Um, so this this really was not a. I had high hopes that it was like written by King. Right. I had high hopes when right. I saw like, oh shit, we're immediately starting to deviate away from where I thought this was gonna go or where the book prescribed us to go. Um, but I, I, like none of it really super worked for me. Again, it was like the entire series packed into an allegorical episode with some weak uh, dream sequences. Like I, I was, I was done with it halfway yep. through, uh, <laughs> and nothing by the end of it like super endeared itself to me. Um, again, the best camera work of the entire series was done in this mm. episode. Mm. We had some really fantastic shots, some like little aerial drone shots, some nice little montages, that kind of stuff. But otherwise, it was uh, doo-doo. 
Okay. Um, yeah, for me, it was like a kind of like a Return of the King vibe where it's just like this is like the second and third and fourth ending after the right. ending already happened. Like it's very <laughs> anticlimactic, obviously. Um, yeah. So I, I didn't love the episode, um, but like I, I, yeah, I thought it was kind of boring, but but I didn't hate it. I didn't like reflexively hate it like I've hated previous episodes. Um, and this is what I've been waiting for. Right, Corey? This is it. This is King has been sitting on this on this part for 40 years right. waiting to tell his story. Right. And Franny falls down a well. Franny that's what he came up well. with. That's what that's what happened. 40, 40 fucking years of sitting on this. Right. Of, what are we going to do to fix it? And she fell down a well. Right. After so, the nuclear um, bomb climax, after the giant confrontations here on like large scales with bombers and everything else. Nope, it's a girl in a well. Yeah, so I guess you can follow up like massive nuclear blast, but it has to be like, you know, Terminators coming back in time. Like there's a lot to follow. If you're right. going to if you're going to end with nuclear blast, you got to you got to pick up better than then a, a, girl a, in a little, well. little lady falls down a well. <laughs> that, that's my big take. Yeah, I mean, that, that's my reaction. Going from an episode where the conflict involves nukes to this one is a well is just amazing. It's like it, it has to be like everyone sitting down at the table reading the script being really confused, right? Like, King, this is it. This is what we're going with. We're going to wrap up our your epic series with a well scene, so and it's going to be this big dramatic moment. Uh, that being said, I didn't hate this one. I didn't hate this episode as much as I've hated others. Um, but it felt like an episode that would have worked in the middle with like character building, which doesn't do that much anyway. But they, they could have used this somewhere else in the story, I guess. And or at least the, the, the tension or the conflict in it. Not so much the, the bullshit kind of theme message at the end. But did, look, did this did this kill the series? No, because the series has already been killed. Did it save the series? Fuck no. No, you know what's hilarious too is like we we did an epilogue with the least developed characters in the entire series too, right. which to me was also like completely laughable. Like if you know this is your coming, like you know this is your last episode because King wrote it himself. You know this one didn't get super screwed around with or anything else. So uh, it's some total shit that, that they didn't spend more time doing development stuff. Again, quality development stuff with these characters earlier on. It's just what you didn't want to watch Stu. Stu wasn't doing it for you. This Holy is criminal man, mismanagement. Guy. Criminal <laughs> mismanagement of screen time and and development of characters. I mean, like God, look, we spent. A- seconds with him whistling in a pharmacy and sweeping (laughs) stuff into his little basket like it's just the dumbest use of screen time for this again it's been one of my number one complaints is not only the editing but like why this scene why this long why right here like this and and it's good to know consistency i actually i have other scenes like that that i want to hammer because i just i didn't get it i was like you wasted 45 seconds on this and i just don't really know why in your last episode wrap your story up or Corey, let's let's jump in so yeah. let's start with we had to organize this one chronologically because it just didn't make sense you really only followed Stu and franny around the entire time so Let's say goodbye to Boulder. And we begin the episode with a Franny voiceover. How do you guys like feel about this story device in the show? How do you feel about this? What's the second time after episode like seven, right, Matt? Something like that. Yeah, yeah they've done it once before where it was like Franny doing the her her journal diary, diary right? narration. Yep. 
Yeah, it's just I, it made like look for it made for a super boring opening. The first time I watched the episode, I realized that I had like busted my phone out in the first three minutes, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh shit!" So again, went back, <laughs> it did, did the whole thing, oh, no. watched it, and then like was really aware of it this time. Like I, again, second time around, it seems like these episodes are working a little bit better. I think it's because my expectations are to get getting a nut punch Always. the first watch, mm-hmm. right? So I'm coming back in, uh, maybe a little bit more generous, but it's just. I mean, it's really, really, really stupid. And how how heinous to cover the baby getting Captain Trips through this montage, too. I'm just, like, throwing it in there. Um, and not only because it sews in a plot hole that completely <laughs> undercuts the final scene, but uh, other than that, it's it's just criminal to do it in that way. Yeah, and we lost a great opportunity to juxtapose like obstetrics and gynecological work between Vegas and Boulder. We could have seen what do they do differently? Right, Does yeah. Ratley <laughs> like is it one lady director is... the same person, or do they have another another person running the show? Uh, I don't know. Maybe they were just like we just filmed that and we we can't put people back into it. Actually, uh, birth scene. I bring that. I think Hilarious. the guy who was working, I I think he's a veterinarian though, right? That was helping out with the birth of Fr- yeah. He's also the fucking DJ yeah. later. So I was like, okay, so we are recycling awesome. roles for random people to That's do different good. things in the fucking town. That's what I could see for Ratwoman too. She's definitely yes. a DJ or at <laughs> some point. I mean, she was a judge, so she was hundred percent was a DJ at some point. Hundred percent. Oh, I think. Look, it's just a bad. It's just a weird storytelling device that doesn't work. And Corey, it's boring, man. You're right. Like it's just a really boring way to set this up. Uh, but that's how we start off the final episode. No, yeah, it's I, like the I, same I, thing. Oh, good, Corey. No, no, it's it's totally good. I mean, like I was going to speak to Nick's point here about this. Like, I know you said you didn't want any of Stu's journey at the beginning, or like you didn't want this episode to only be Stu's journey. But Jesus, I could have used like <laughs> twenty seconds or thirty seconds, half of that Fran time on a Stu journey, right? Because again, like we even get like no ceremony for like Tom's cutoff, right? Like he gets this really <laughs> sweet moment. And it's like, oh, you've not been in this episode at all. You were hardly in the last episode, so. They're like yeah you're i can't believe you're a character still at this point okay bye yeah. <laughs> and, and i did see like so like some meta stuff like the actor who plays tom is bride william hankey he was kind of like oh we filmed a ton of stuff and they just yeah it. yeah so yes, I, he, he did seem a little bit annoyed because the book ends with it the book ends with with tom and and Stu's journey back it, it's a yeah. long multiple chapter like this Epic. is your Lord of the Rings. This is Sam and Frodo. They, you know, Vegas has been destroyed. They got to make it all the way back. Stu's a mess. Tom, um, you know, can't read and has difficulty getting around a little bit. Um, and like you get a lot of Nick talking in his dreams to him, which is hmm. kind of guiding him along the way. None of that's in it. Not oh, that I necessarily needed it, but that's the end of the book. It's that. And it endears you to Tom too, right? Like that's the other thing is like they've talked a lot about like his his capabilities and capacities and like the service that he he plays to the story and pushing it forward and everything. And I really wish again that it's another time for him to shine as as a character and it makes you feel warm and fuzzy towards him. And we didn't get any of that either. The I love you moment was really nice. Don't get me wrong. I really like the way that was that was uh, uh, performed. Um, no real complaints about the acting. Um, from Tom for me, aside from, you know, previously stated reservations. But at the same time, as Bill Burr would say, that's fucking acting. So <laughs> I think they should have just like the Stu and Tom storyline should have been in last episode. Like instead, we had four scenes of Stu laying on the fucking ground. Like, yeah. why didn't Tom just show up in the beginning of that episode? And that's Stu and Tom's kind of walk back. So then you can start off the epilogue with like the journey to Maine. 
It's just a companion show. Like, this is just a companion. It is just, like, visual service for fans of the book. That's yes. it. That's the only, the only people who could watch this and get any kind of semblance of enjoyment. But it's just, it's sad for me because it seems, it robs the story of everything that I like. I, it's To me, it's only doing a disservice. Yeah, it's, Tom's a character in the book. Tom is, he's a caricature in this. He, he's barely in it. He does two things, which is just kind of like, spies on people and again the whole point of him spying was just to pick up stew on the way back he doesn't do anything it's a shame because he's a cool character in the book yeah now it does leave us with the mental image of him either fucking like hoisting stew over his shoulders like a fucking sack of potatoes or (laughs) stew just hobbling on crutches the whole way or like a single crutch i have no idea how they got back (laughs) but whatever so we end up in this vigil scene where stew kind of shows up and franny's still doing her like whispering voiceover and he just walks up the only reason i do want to bring it up is because the reactions of other characters in that scene is like hysterical Mm -hmm. so we're looking at franny the camera pans behind her after we hear no uh, Kojak bark and all some of the other people living in Boulder just like looking and smiling like wow he's back like no one's like freaking the fuck out like it's just like oh hey look at who it is oh it's like oh my god <laughs> yeah Stu's response would be like uh, is nobody on guard duty I left here with specific <laughs> guard duty plans we were able to walk right the fuck into the middle right of town the yeah I mean come on um but no it's always so funny when it's just like the all right, everybody, don't say anything. Just just do little murmurs until he gets to the person he needs to get to. We'll just, yeah. just do little bits of murmurs. It's so dumb. Um, I, I obviously hate it. No, it's, uh, again, Plot Hole City with this in terms of like, uh, yeah, again, nobody having like the appropriate reaction to this, to the town supposed leader showing up, right? Hmm. Ostensibly, all of this really cemented Stu and Fran as the leaders of this community, right? Which then they decide to abruptly leave, and nobody <laughs> decides to talk about that at all, which I absolutely love. I mean, I also love that like Captain Trips just happens to live in the air all around at all times. Because there's, there's one thing we've learned about Corona, right? It's just like everywhere, always and forever. So that baby's able to immediately contract it just, you know, by existing in the air in this place. Right, because nobody's had Captain Trips for like a year and a right. half at this point, so or nine months, at least nine fucking months. Nobody's had it for nine months. Now, that's a good point, Corey. I do want to bring this up, Nick. Did you ever think that this was going to be a, a possibility where like Franny's child would would be like uh, susceptible to the virus? Yeah, I thought that Franny's child would die. I thought. Okay. I thought when, especially when we had the idea of like Nadine being pregnant, I was like, "Oh, that baby's definitely not going to be born." And I thought maybe like we'd have this thing where Franny's baby would die and Nadine's baby would die, and that would be this like juxtaposition between these two characters. But no, uh, just gets the gets the, the the giant neck thing, and then is immediately fine the, in the next like day. It's smash cut to Las Reason. Vegas rubble and to a pin too. Like that's yes. the hardest cut that I have seen in a while. Just like woof. And it would have worked in Fran's montage, too. That's the thing, where she says, like, if she's talking about, like, i wishing the dreams would stop or something like that, you can even have that scene in there, and it works a little bit, but it's just weird placement. It's, ugh. Not to skip to the end there, but, like, ugh, weird. When we, when we go to Vegas, so we smash cut to Vegas, and we are <laughs> zooming in through the rubble. I was like, if are we going to get the... You guys remember Parks and Rec when Pat uh, Pat Oswalt gives that like filibuster on what Star Wars would be? One of my favorite things. Yeah, Star Wars and the Avengers. You were going to get Larry's fucking hand blasts out of the rubble like like Boba Fett's the way he talked about it. I was like, there's no way this guy's still alive. They can't possibly do this. But thank God it only goes into the badge. I actually thought it was kind of a cool little thing to do to show that Flag's back. Um, I didn't hate that. 
But instead, but, uh, the last yeah. picture of him alive is put on a memorial, right? That is immediately going to get rained on and destroyed in Colorado, <laughs> and people are going to forget about in 20 minutes. Nope, let's put, put the last picture of him there. All right, so completely unrelated, but also very related, that shot of the mural <laughs> is amazingly bad. Uh, it's really the, bad. It's so clear that the artist went to Vegas, because whoever constructed that fucking sculpture <laughs> of flag was a legitimate artist. And then you have, like, I guess... The kids in uh, Nadine's like art class had to paint that mural of like Mother Abigail and the awful. Oh man, just cross that shit out and paint it again. Let's try again, try again. Yeah, the mural arts program did not make it from our city to Boulder. We go from the mural to the dance scene. Okay, so we are now we f- we jump ahead in time to I think the Fourth of July, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay, so we go to the Fourth of July. Uh, and we have this awkward as hell dance scene that's like the complete opposite of like, if you've seen the second Matrix, that crazy dance scene in Zion, this is like the absolute opposite of like a end of the world type of dance scene where it's just, I guess what this was, it's not square dancing. What type of dancing like is line, it? Line, is dancing, it line dancing? Yeah, line dancing. Incredible. Yeah, Awful with the DJ. And not to mention that, but like even the chemistry was bad, right? Like not only was the 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 line dancing itself really bad, but they chose they showed this moment of like Stu kissing Fran on the head, like no less than like four times, like uh, in and around like the the forehead and, and everything. And it's just very strange and weird, and I don't know, cre- like I I guess not creepy. It's just no, like, no, no. There's it's, nothing you're right. between them. Dude, this is uh, the, I I wrote this down. The chemistry between these two is so cringy. So cringy, yeah. and it, um, I'll we can carry it as we keep going on this episode because I feel like it only gets fucking worse. Mm-hmm. But that dance scene is rough to start it. No, it really telegraphs how stupid, just how bad and ham fisted this whole thing has been. That this is the episode now, the final one where you're gonna where you're gonna try to characterize these two together, and it's just brutal. But again, we're saved rough. by really nice camera work, right? Like they're shooting this in like Canada, right? Canada mostly. Yeah, I think it's in uh, British Columbia, and it does. It looks beautiful. beautiful. That lake is incredible. Why, yeah. why would you want to leave and go back to Maine? I mean, like Maine's, Maine's cool too, but like you're, you're there, man. <laughs> like it looks so nice. Just, just hang out. Yeah, they kept that 500 people showing up from in the book, which was all right. Like I, I like how they kind of like worked that in, but to like mixed results too, because you can't have this scene where she like shows these people passing out guns and all this stuff. You're literally Mother Abigail's chosen representatives, right? Like the last two people surviving from the council and the only people who've had experiences directly with God. And apparently it's just like, yeah, let's go. We out. Bye. Yeah, I, I have to talk about the the entire Franny wanted to go back to main part. Like, <clears throat> are we going to get anything from Stu as a human being with the sense of just like tension or conflict ever? Why isn't it one point is like, I don't know. I just kind of hobbled back here. I don't know if I want to go travel across the fucking country right now. This seems like a bad idea. But he just kind of all shucks his way. All right, sure, we'll do that, too. Like, come on. What? He's the most boring guy in the world. Like, God, I he's actually awful. Thought, like, just talking about Marsden. Like, Cyclops was kind of boring in the X Men. <laughs> like, they they made a guy who's kind of interesting. They made him really boring, and then they're like, like, let's go way more boring than what you've done previously. Like, we're gonna give you like no characteristic except for a bad Southern, not Texas accent, just so Glenn can call you East Texas. But you have no defining quality. You're the dude that fell <laughs> and broke I mean, your leg. That's it. 
Franny calls him East Texas too. So, oh my god, <laughs> don't, don't worry. It's just if you're from anywhere that's not from the Northeast, you get a Southern accent, right? Like the the Correct. small girl from Nebraska in this episode has a Southern accent. So it's just really we're painting with broad brushes here, lazy broad brushes. Corey, remember when you said there was wasted time in a previous scene? How about that bedroom scene? What the fuck was the point of that one minute scene? Of the two of them talking about leaving, just yada yada to packing. Right. They like lay in bed. Right. I'm like, oh, we ready to do this thing? Right. I don't quite know. And the baby cries. They're like, you get it? No, I'll get it. And it's like, yeah. what the fuck point was that? Everything's risky. <laughs> well, yeah, I know, I know. And there's other ways that you can show that instead of also just like expositioning that in a lazy bedroom scene. But that's that's the story of the show. Yeah. Whenever anyone ever says hey that everything's risky you know they're just about to say like the stupidest shit possible because like no man this shit exists on a spectrum like yeah i can get hit by a meteor walking out my door but you know what the odds of that are pretty fucking unlikely you traveling three thousand miles across the country when god knows what's out there like is crazy like you break down in the middle of you know the plains or whatever like you're fucking dead no like that response is 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 nonsense so is, that out. like do they actually believe now that like because flags gone like bad people still don't exist like is that a thought i don't know i think it's just the like taking it on faith thing right like i think that's what like we're supposed to take away from this right is like that they've taken <laughs> these journeys so far based totally on faith and montages that like what's one more right like if it feels like the right thing to do what's to stop me and like that glenn is... took that journey on faith <laughs> so did ray so did larry all these people keep taking journeys yeah on faith. they were just horribly murdered know. right yeah there's a real good chance you get nuked when you get to maine no but like did I, maybe i missed it because i glazed over from boredom but i don't think so like did franny say like she i know she wanted to go home and see the ocean or whatever did she say she felt like some weird supernatural pull to go there no so she said that she still dreamed of flag so i think that was a okay. thing that i mean again i think we were like hinting at that a little bit that everything wasn't like right but just that like pull that desire to get away from people the fact that the flag dreams were still happening i guess i mean again uh, we actually loaded and fired a chekhov's gun for once in this show so i guess i should be celebrating that but it's it's again just really poorly constructed in terms of anybody's motivation and i bet you there are scenes like on the floor right uh they could have put those pieces together Right, 100%. What they do, however, give us the moment of that, the guy who plays the veterinarian and the DJ going, this is the craziest thing ever. You guys could die. I was like, I like this fucking guy. He's yep. paying attention. Yep. This is the only guy saying shit that actually matters. Everyone else is like, oh, shucks, have a good trip. We'll see you back. Like, yeah, he's a DJ and a man of science. I respect him. I respect yeah. him. Yeah, but uh, such an afterthought throwing that in there. Just like the Joe goodbye. That was like such an yes. afterthought too, where it was so funny. Marston was like looking around. He's like, oh shit, Joe. Oh yeah, hey buddy. <laughs> like a little pat on the head, you know. Uh, I was actually, my next question is like, did, did Joe have any other v- deep value in the book that we didn't get in the show? Because like, he's nothing. He's like an actual nothing. I mean, he was never—he was never a major character. No, okay. like even like towards the end of the book, it's like I said, it focuses on on uh, Tom and Stu, n- not Joe. Okay. So. Yeah, he's a foil. He, he helps develop Larry. That's it. That's yeah. It. Okay. So at the end, we—he does just get a little pat on the head, and that's see you, buddy. <laughs> see, yeah, it's just, just like the rest of this. All right, let's take a journey to a gun quit. You guys want to take a break, or do you want to power through this? Uh, let's just power through, man. Let's let's talk okay. about Nebraska, Nebraska. It's actually where I want to start. So let's ra- let's rank some of these montage scenes. Like, 
Where does the Nebraska montage scene rank for you? Is this better than the Radiohead scene of them going to Vegas with a little skull shot? What are you guys thinking? It was for me. Yeah, it was a better montage for me. I actually like to me, like the music wasn't wrong. They don't give me the Radiohead wasn't wrong, um, but that is its own like star in this. But it also did like some weird zoom swoop shots and like the again, the, the skull thing. And there was it was a little bit bloated, right? Where this one felt nice, compact. It was pretty. Uh, the song and it was pretty good, which is San Louis by Gregory Allen Isakoff, in case you were wondering. Oh, thank um, you for that. So, yeah, no, I, I Googled it. I wanted to Google it because again, I'll shout out the like if you do it right because you did this one right you did this one right (laughs) so i'll call it out right yeah i I think i think Corey's probably right this is like technically the best one um Hmm. i I did like just nick nadine's motorcycling through i I just thought the desert looked cool Mm -hmm. um yeah i just very different um and like foreboding everything so i just thought that looked better but it wasn't Fair. it wasn't like technically better. Just just the setting itself was was, was a better thing for me. Yeah, I know. I think that's I think that's fair. But I mean, I love how we can also compliment this on one hand, and on the other hand, it's just like a total backhand across the face too. Because like Hemingford Home is in Nebraska, correct, Matt? Oh yes. So the the <laughs> the place where Mother Abigail is from in the book, right. where everybody gathers, is fucking Nebraska. And we changed it to Colorado for no reason, only to come in the end back to Nebraska. I think it's laughable that the episode is called Closing the Circle when you had the ep- we had the chance to start this adventure with Mother Abigail and end this adventure with Mother Abigail in the same place, but it was not taken by the showrunners. So I would like to just point that irony out. And I mean, I guess it's not irony. It's just No, it's bad. just not a circle. It's just bad. It's just bad. <laughs> Whatever they drew, it's not a it's circle. Not a circle. Uh, Look, okay, so let's actually get into the journey. And my big critique is like, this journey would be a little bit better if like, I don't know, Stu started to kind of question some stuff or like you actually had some like tension between Franny and Stu. It's just, he's so like annoyingly unfazed by everything. (laughs) And it's like, be a human being, please. It's so, it's so annoying to watch the two of them and like to not see Stu just unravel a bit. Like every time, like the truck, you know, they're they're moving shit out of the way, just getting annoyed with stuff because it's so this kind of feels really stupid that we're going across the entire fucking country for reasons. Yeah. He's a big blob of plain yogurt. I'm not even going to give him vanilla ice cream. He's just like plain flavorless yogurt. He's <laughs> like sour cream too. Yeah. yeah it's, he's so boring. I, I can't like, so boring. He's so dull. He's a dope. Like he's just the most boring guy. Like maybe talk about like, Hey, Franny, we, me and Glenn and, and, you know, Larry and Ray, we on this epic march across like the, it's like, no, he doesn't even talk about that. No. He gets excited about like baby acetaminophen. I was just like, this is like, this is like old school when Frank is like, maybe, maybe we'll go to Home Depot. I don't know. I don't know if we'll have enough time. Like that's this entire character was that. He never changed from just being like a boring guy. Crazy. I, I can't believe he's a character on TV. He also fucking boring. traveled the country three times and hasn't learned to just stop at the grocery store or drugstore as you pass it. Yes. Three times. Like this is his third Pass time. All right. <laughs> Across this shit. And he's just like, nope, still haven't learned. I will just turn around and go back. Fuck it, right? Well, right back. <laughs> oh, stupid as shit. It's so bad. That, again, I, another him singing in the car, hitting the fucking steering wheel. I was like, I can't believe we're doing this in the final episode. This is what you're giving us screen time. Well, I guess he's hoping that Ray pops out of the cornfield and just gives him directions <laughs> on what to do, like they did on that last walk, right? That somebody else just magically takes care of him. I mean, this is the, this is a show with zero consequences, no suspense, zero consequences. 
like and also like, like the only rule for this type of shit is like never split up never under no circumstances should you guys never be like right next to each other yeah ever. like franny can hop in the car it's not that big of a, it's not that big of a distance if it is get it the next day never split up this is like this is like horror 101 shit. but matt yeah. flag is gone so all evil is gone now yeah, oh, oh everything's safe in the world well nick you know what's not gone wells yeah i'll tell well, you that right fucking now wells. wells are a thing that exists the dude i can wells Matt, when you texted me, Franny falls down a well. I was like, okay, well, he's doing like some like metaphorical bullshit. And Matt immediately follows up with, if you don't think I mean that seriously, then you haven't been no, paying attention. Here's exactly what I wrote because I, I, I just, I, out of context, I just texted Nick. If you don't think that Franny fell down the well, then you're an idiot. <laughs> because <laughs> of course she fell down a well. Of like, why wouldn't she fall down a well? Why wouldn't this whole series, um, like hinge on Franny falling down a well. It was crazy. I, I can't believe it happened. I can't believe that we also had uh, the edit show her diving in two separate directions, which I absolutely <laughs> love because I rewound I it, saw her totally dive, free phrase, dive away, dive into the well, dive away, and then dive into the well. It's, it's an amazing <laughs> physical feat to throw yourself in two different directions that quickly. Yeah, and then that's my exact response to if a rat ever crawls up out of a well and bites me, my first instinct is to just dive straight first through the the, the wooden panels into the well. Into that's the my well. instinct, yeah. definitely. Yeah, uh, maybe just don't go near the creaking wood. You see that it's probably not safe. You kind of test it for a second. No, I'm just not fucking doing it. I know that there's Stu is going to come back from the store with, with, with water. I'll wait till he gets back before I do fucking anything like this. A little common sense. You're the baby sitting right there. Not to mention that, it's, but you just put the, the water in your mouth and said, mmm, taste good cold. So yeah, that must mean it's great. That must mean it's great. Like nobody's famous last words were, it tastes fine to me. <laughs> no, it's just, it's so stupid. If they could have kind of fixed this a little bit. Like if the, like I'm a new father. If the baby was crying, like babies, you know, my baby crying makes me do like weird, irrational shit, you know, like, oh, if the baby was just crying, if little, if little baby Abigail was just crying, I could have been like, well, Fr Franny's capable of anything at this point. Like she's clearly not thinking rationally. Like, anything could, her walking to get weird water out of a well that's like mysterious and like ominous makes total sense. Of course the baby's crying. Um, but yeah, they didn't do that. Either. The baby was just fine. Yeah, you want to cold water? No, it's just, it's this episode is rife with moments that don't work. Like even when they pull up to the house, right? Like there's nothing suspenseful happening. It's just the music. Like the yes, only, this is what I paid 100%. attention to. The only thing I paid attention to was that. Like I love how they tried to make uh, like a like this doll creepy for some reason, right? Even it's though just... it's Mother Abigail, so we, we we build suspense up for literally nothing, right? <laughs> and not to mention that, I mean, like that's obvious racial implications aside to this right like yeah let's just use some creepy music and light racism to make people scared right i'm sure that's fine there's one wide shot of a dog watching corn that was the creepiest fucking thing dogs watching corn is is terrifying yeah. just universally like well, anyone who's ever seen a dog 100%. looking into a corn is like yeah. this is scary shit right. nick what did you think of like i guess young mother abigail do you have any idea what was going on were you scared for them no i just but uh, like the only thing i thought would possibly happen was that they that I didn't know I I assumed it was young mother Abigail, but I wasn't positive. Was that she would take the baby and for reasons. And like I thought when Stu would come back that the baby would be gone. And it was like, and I don't know if it was like the decision of follow the footsteps to go find the baby or like save Franny, like pick one. Um, but no, none of that. Stu again again, Stu shows up afterwards, and of course he just blindly accepts that this. This young girl didn't do anything wrong here. We're just gonna assume that you're you're perfectly fine. Help me out. Use lose like 
using my truck to get her out. Like all of it is just nonsense. And I'm jumping ahead. I know that I am, but I'm, I'm sorry. No, but again, even in the scene before that, like she's a ghost who lives in a field who has a Southern accent in Nebraska. Nothing about it makes sense. She's like this, this weird spirit ghost. Like, why does she have a tent in the middle of this fucking cornfield? Yeah, the house is right there. It doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean, just it's a ghost. Why does a ghost need a tent? I'm gonna go visit her in her ghost house because she ghosts away at the end of the scene. So does she? Has she been there this whole time? Did she manifest just for this little trip out to Maine? Like, where exactly does the, are the lines of this? And that's this show. Does she use the well? Jumps around. Yeah, apparently. Corey, does she use the well too? Does she go get a drink of water from that well? Do we, do, is that a part of this thing? Is the well matter? She shoves. <laughs> no, she's the one who violently shoves her in the other direction. So first she dives off of the well. Then the the the, the ghost Abigail shoves her back in the other direction, and that's that's what that was. If I we solved. Oh, it. okay. We did it we did it it's it's just a shame too because like there are so many good uses of wells in like cinema history <laughs> there are so it, it, it's, it's in like all my favorite movies and, and tv shows like you can really wells. use a well to your advantage i want to know I, where I you're going with out, it. i'm gonna throw a couple out there for you okay um we got with horror we got samara in the ring the okay girl, good point the bottom of the well in the ring terrifying uh, yes. yeah. yeah we have buffalo bill yeah, from Silence of the Lambs, oh, he, he yeah. kept that poor woman uh, who was like a size thirteen down in the bottom of a well, so we could you know get her skin. That is the best um, well, by the way. I want to throw my support behind that right yeah, now. Yeah, did you? Uh, I, I want to know where this list well. goes, but that's top well. Okay, no, I actually that's not my favorite well. Winter now we time. have like some like you know more, more whimsical stuff. Lassie and Timmy, yeah, you know, Timmy fell down that well. Lassie had to go get go get the the neighborhoods to, to save Timmy. I mean, does, is have, that what Kojak does here? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, basically, Kojak was well. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, for sure. Um, we have uh. The Haunting of Bly Manor, good yeah. good use of well. Oh, good. Yes. That's okay. actually like a, another, okay. another like a key one. plot point for it. Okay. Um, all my Leftovers fans, we have Kevin uh, pushing little little Patty down the well. I mean, that was, oh. a, that was a big thing. Yeah, I, that was awesome. Oh, yeah. And then good. my all-time favorite, the Goonies, when they're at the bottom of that wishing yes. well. And that creepy yeah. dude with the, with the Letterman jacket or whatever is throwing pennies down there. And then he calls Annie a Goonie because she didn't want to go up or whatever. Yeah, they have the whole, you know, uh, Rudy has his, all his whole speech about like, you know, down here, this is our time, down here. Great use of well. I'm just saying this doesn't stack up. No. That's all. It does, doesn't stack up. We do get speeches though. So we get some speeches at the bottom of this well. As we go to the two scenes with Franny here, Franny's going to go visit Flag and then Franny's going to go visit Mother Abigail. How did you guys feel about the Franny and Flag moment? I mean, who cares? <laughs> at this point like it's it's kind of like well, whatever uh scars is, is nice Corey, this is it man i oh this, yeah the this big is, the big confrontation right no again like the one thing all i could think about is he he explains this thing about like captain trips and it had like it hasn't affected these people or anything all i could think is like well you established in the beginning of the episode that as soon as they like step foot outside of their little bubble down here they're all fucking dead because apparently it just lives in the air, right? Like, they're all fucking dead. If the baby can get it, like, again, nine months after people stop dying from it, then 100% these people can get it. So you just opened up a plot hole a mile wide. Then you sailed us through it again with the final scene, but we'll we'll get to shredding that in a second. But again, even this, like, okay, there's a blurry vision of her at the bottom. Okay, that's fine. Uh, the kiss thing, that's fine. The temptation... But again, like then we smash cut to a cornfield right out of it, right? Like we sh we're spending this moment. It's our last, like I, again at that point that we knew our last Scarsguard, and I just felt at the end of it like that was the temptation. 
Like that, that was it. That was yeah. your big thing. That was your offer. They showed Skarsgård, but there was some t- t- temptation there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe if Skarsgård had been naked in that scene, it would have been an easier decision. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I don't know. First off, the whole get thee behind me, you fucking bastard. Like, please Ugh. never. So if, if, unless you're a period so piece flat. before, like, I don't know, 1715, never just, just never say get thee behind me. I, I fucking hate it. Like, if it's like the Salem witch trials, like, you can get, you can get, everybody can get thee behind thee. Mm-hmm. But, like, you just can't use it anymore now. It just—it sounds fucking terrible. Why would Franny ever use that language? No, because Mother Abigail uses it. Never in front of her, but Mother Abigail uses it in their in their confrontation with each other. It's something that's said in the Bible yeah. to like agents of the devil and all of that kind of stuff, right? Well, so she's like, like two hundred eighty years old. Maybe she she predates it. So she she yeah. she's grandfathered into to my whole uh <laughs> to the allowance before the seventeen hundreds. Right. <laughs> no, again, it's just lame attempts at symmetry that this show ham-fistedly throws in here. Like the "I shall fear no evil" comes up, right? Right, for the last exactly. time only only in the last three episodes but apparently it's all over these three it's just they're they think that references are are an analog for any kind of good characterization right like we even get it with the throw the lasso around the moon thing right like okay great i'm glad you're alluding to old hollywood and stuff like that it's just old out of touch references that don't make me like anybody. It's not like there was like a oh shit movie in the sh-, like scene in the show, right? Like again, the Avengers Assemble thing took how many movies for it to finally pay off, right? Like it took yeah uh, eight movies to get there to that to that finally not seem like a corny hackney thing for for Captain America to mutter under his breath still too. I don't know. It's just like why build anything? Why reference the things that actually worked? Let's just random shit. Here you go, guys. Random shit. And if anything, like it should have been like a like a point of like I don't know like kind of funny tension because Franny's like I don't know twenty years younger than him. Like I hate that movie. My parents always drag me into that. He's like, oh, it's a fucking great movie. What are you talking about? Like something stupid. But no, it's like oh, of course I love that and you love that too, don't you? <laughs> Let me go to the store real quick. I'll be right back. I hate it. Yeah. Fucking hate it. Uh, yeah, the the Franny. I, I guess everyone had to say fuck you once to the devil. Except for Stu. Except for um, Stu. I don't think Stu ever says fuck you. He just politely says, no, thank you. I'm just not going to go to c- confront you. I'm just going to break my leg instead. Uh, well, I got one more point, too. Like, it, okay. it just, I mean, does it seem fair? I'm not saying God has to be fair. But, like, you know, Nick stood up to the devil, and then he got blown up. And then Glenn and Larry and Ray, they walk across the desert, and, you know, Glenn gets shot and murdered. And, and then Larry and Ray get blown up. Um and then Franny begets like a whole generation to repopulate the earth because she told Flag to fuck off for not getting like I don't know man be a little bit more consistent with like your carrots and sticks please just please be a little bit more consistent yeah again That's if you're all. going to show that like God has power in this world it would be nice if you helped a couple more people I don't know because it seems like the only thing he does is like the little shit here at the end okay. Thanks, buddy. You know what? I, I just want to bring this up right now because this is I don't think there's going to be a better moment for this. You know how at the end of the scene with Mother Abigail, she references this passage with Job, right? How God speaks to her out of a whirlwind. I got okay. so interested in this that I actually like looked it up and read the passage and everything else because I was like, okay, that's interesting. And I guarantee you a misinterpretation of what that thing was actually about. And at what do you know, it 100% is. In that scene, Job curses God a little bit and is like, what's the matter with you? 
Like you made all this stuff. Like what the fuck is wrong with you? And God turns around. He's like, I'm God, you stupid idiot. Like, and then berates him for paragraphs on like the little things that he's made. Like, were you here when I made the days themselves? Like, shut the fuck up. You don't know what you're doing. You don't know what you're talking about. But then rewards Job for speaking up and speaking his mind and trying to like hold God to account, which is I'm pretty sure the only person in the Bible who gets to get away with that shit and not turned into, you know, a pillar of salt. So it even speaks to like, the old Testament this God, is a man. perfect opportunity to be like, what the fuck is going on? Why are we still being tortured? Why are we still being this? Like my friends have died, all this kind of stuff. Like this is the perfect moment to then say, okay, that's a valid criticism, but this is also God. So you shut the fuck up and you do what he says. It's actually, see, this makes me kind of think things a little bit differently. Like maybe it should have, maybe Stu should have been the one to fall down the fucking well. And it should have been Stu who eventually finally breaks after no, doing sexism. everything the right way for fucking years. And is being like, all you do is punish us. What is your problem? I've been a good person. I've helped out all of these individuals. I've tried to rebuild society. And all you do is continue to bring grief upon us. Like, what the fuck is your problem? That actually would have been pretty cool. But instead, we get Franny, who you haven't used as a character this entire time. And now you're going to throw her in here at the end. And she's going to buy thee or get thee behind me. Like, come on. No, what, you what are we doing? Throw the lady down the well. It couldn't be the man. I know. My God, for fuck's it sake! It couldn't be the man. No, no. Stu just all shucks in his way through the goddamn tired all nine episodes. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll just do that too. Go to Maine. Why don't we take a boat across the fucking Atlantic? Why don't we just go to London next too? And I guess there could be some risk there. But you're right. There's a risk just being here too. It takes so long. It even takes so long to pull her out of the well. Like, again, it's just mismanaged screen time. It's poorly written and constructed scenes. We're not clear on like what this is exactly supposed to accomplish. Again, I mean, uh, one lazily loaded Chekhov's gun about dreams of flag is the best that we get in terms of like building expectation and payoff. Um, again, like he drags her body against her broken and shattered body against the outside of the well, right? Like he presses his body and sandwiches it between the wall of the well and himself <laughs> drags her all the way out. Right. Again, there's no thought to even like, Hey guys, maybe we should flip this. Right. Cause it, like, if he's concerned about her, maybe like drags her up. Right. And like, he takes the brunt of it on his back. Right. It shows his willingness to sacrifice for her. nah, fuck it. Cause reasons. To back up the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Cause Martin, Every bump was Martin agony. has a rider in his contract, all right. So that stunt double gets scraped to shit because we needed we needed solid sh tight shots on his face. Oh, that same sense. scene when they drag her out. By the way, you don't like the it. little girl is no longer in the truck, and that fucking rope just stops moving. It should have been slowly dragging him continuously to the truck because no one's actually stopping the damn thing. But, but he God, just like Nick. quick fucking God, undoes Nick. it and throws it. It's oh. God, Nick. Come on. It's yeah, it's, it's God's representative on earth. Come on. It's, it's Hey, I'm going to pivot hard. real quick. Remember when we talked about wells and the best possible well? And we're still talking about a fucking well. Yeah, we're still talking the about best the well. well might be the Dark Knight Rises. Does that count as a well? Ooh, it's kind of it's not not a well. Prison well? That's an epic fucking get the hell out of the well scene. And it's kind of a well that he falls down. I mean, in some of the interpretations, it's a well that he falls down to get into the Batcave for the first time. Yeah, I so. think the Batcave yeah. is a better use of well. Like, he's just in a big pit. Like, not not all pits are wells, Nick. I mean, the wells <laughs> have, have water at the bottom. The <laughs> so I think Dark Knight Rises, not a well. Dark Knight uh, no, no, Batman, Batman Begins, begins well. is a well. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, Man, great we're, use of well. I think we're going to end up having like a well segment on entirely too many shows. Well, well the, for the next shows that we do, we'll have podcast. like a where should the well be type yeah. moment. Where, where's the well? Where's the well? Do we have anything here else about like the Franny and Mother Abigail stuff? I love that. 
the the whole stand stuff, man. They really beat that in the fucking head the last two episodes. Ew, yeah. Oh my it's lord. Really yeah, the wheel keeps turning, the struggle continues, but the command is always the same. Be true, stand. And if you yeah, are true, you possibly will die. You. And yeah, and God yeah. will also berate the shit out of you for standing up to him. All right. Like let's also bring that up that there's pages of that, right? Of him explaining how he made hawks and camels and sand and stuff and how you should shut up and listen to him because he made all that shit. So there's also 100%. that. So, yeah, stand up for yourself at your peril unless you want to be bored into the ground like this episode did to us. Do we have anything else left here with Franny or Mother Abigail or Franny and uh, and Flag? No, no. I mean, it took her so long to figure out that there were two sides to the whole thing. Apparently, she needed this last confrontation to teach her there were two sides. The two sides that were literally the entire show did, didn't didn't do it enough for her, right? We just we had to explain it to me in 48 minutes again. There's good and bad. Oh my God, shock. Uh, okay, so we end in Maine. All right, so and we'll we'll, we'll circle back to Flag's final scene. Uh, but we end in Maine, and I, it, this is when she finally has that moment of like where she finally tells Stu what happened down the well, which means they continue to travel from Nebraska to Maine, and that conversation was never had until they got to Maine. What? I just- what the fuck did they talk about the whole time? Stu never brings it up. Hey, what happened down there? Yeah, I just picture Stu being like, you guys watch Seinfeld? Like Putty from Seinfeld, where he yeah. just kind of just stares <laughs> blankly ahead and doesn't say or do anything. Yeah, I- I'm like convinced yeah. that for like the 1,500 miles he drove from Nebraska, he did he- no radio on because there's no radio. He doesn't put a CD in. It's just silence, and he just stares straight ahead because there's nothing in his fucking head. He's the, the dumbest, dullest guy who ever lived. I wanted to call him a golden retriever at one point, right? But golden retrievers have energy, right? They bounce around and everything. And that made me think of Parks and Recreation, right? Because I always think Andy Dwyer is a golden retriever made human, right? That That is my... And I think they do that even in the episode where they where they compare them to dogs. But I realized that there's another character from that show that perfectly encapsulate who's who Martin is in this. And that's the congressman that Adam Scott and Aubrey Plaza go to Washington to work for. And in the Incredible. one episode, they go to yes. they, they talk about him and he just goes in his office. He sits and he stares blankly at a wall and they assume that he's watching old clips of him speeches or anything. And no, he's just staring blankly at a wall. He will. He's a robot. He's a, he'll, he'll only do what you tell him specifically to do. And that's that's and stupid. April is that just is blown stupid. away by yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's barely a mannequin, and that that's Stu in this show. Barely a mannequin. It's it's amazing. I get. I, yeah. I just. What did you guys talk about for thousands of miles? You never once asked her. She didn't want to bring it up. I. I yeah. Okay. Uh, let's go back to flag because I don't really care. She mentions that there's a deep well of darkness, like a pit. <laughs> That's my favorite. There's, there's like a pit. The pit. <laughs> and, it, and, the it's, pit. and it's bad. I like that it was almost kind of like a bad explanation. Like she couldn't really. Yeah. It's deep. Well, bad, good, little good and bad. You know, we're both, we're in it. We're not in it. You know, like. <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a well in a jungle and it's like a bad TV and it makes people sad. And there's a man there and he won't button his shirt up. And sometimes he shows indigenous folks his butt. It's she doesn't know how to explain it, but even if she did, she knew that Stu wouldn't understand it anyway. So she's just that's why she didn't talk about it the entire fucking trip. Uh, all right, we end with flag. Let's talk about the flag thing. Uh, is this in the book? Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Okay, flag pops up. He never quite say where he's at, like even in the show. Like, Nick, like, do you have an idea where he's at, or Corey? I think it's like, like, I took South America, I took like, okay. the, I took like somewhere in the Amazon. 
I thought Amazon too. I'm watching Our Planet right now. So there's a whole thing and I'm reading Guns, Germs and Steel for like for, for classes. And like I did a little, I was like, ah, oh, maybe he's like in New Guinea and like the jungles in New Guinea. So I'm going with New Guinea, but okay. Go. go ahead, okay. South America. It all works. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Just no. like anything else okay. in this show. No, yeah, no. Uh-uh. Yeah, sorry. Nope. Nope. It also doesn't matter which tribe they came from because as soon as they come out, they're going to die. They're going to die because Captain Trips yeah. is everywhere in the air. Does he not have Captain Trips out either? Who flies? He's not carrying that shit? No. Okay. I, guess. I mean, it's just in the air. His, he can't kill his worshippers, you know? Well, he again, can. That, the that first would be thing he does is blow that good dude's head off. <laughs> yeah. Where, where yeah. was that magic during the entire series? Yes. Like, where was any of these floats? <laughs> he had that capability? Where were the travel montages that actually built competent characters? Where were, where was anything? Like, there was some, and again, for as hard as we've been on this episode, there's actually some things that it did well that the rest of this series would have benefited from it existing. And that is one of them, Matt. That is 100% one of them. How effective would that be? Like, he pops a dude's head in the elevator and it splatters all there, like, in front of everybody. Like, that's, like, violent and immediate and whatever. Like, he did tear a dude apart and eat him in one like that would have worked but like jesus yeah no totally like i mean hannibal lecter tears apart people and eats them like that's not that like that's not a, a big mystical thing that you could do i mean yeah i don't know he could have you know when when uh glenn and lawyer talk like uh hey glenn he he finger bangs people's heads exploding <laughs> like yeah that's a thing he's capable of doing like this is not like just some fucking guy we're following um doesn't yeah. even need yeah, no no the guy doesn't need guns he doesn't need weapons we don't need bombs he can just point at you and you explode into a thousand pieces yeah, all of this would have made him a little bit more. There's a little, little bit more detail to him, a little bit. Okay, I got a question for you guys. Where would you have liked to have seen Flag pop up in? Like, so I guess in this, it's he's in he's in a rainforest, I guess, with, with an indigenous tribe. Where would you guys have liked to have seen Flag pop up? Well, here's a question: Does he have? Does did he have the choice to go there, or does he appear there? Like, does the devil throw him there? I think in the book, he just kind of wakes up there, wakes up there, and he didn't really have a lot of agency in how he got there. Right. I would kind of have rather him wake up in somewhere that's like fucking freezing. Like he's with like, he's in like the deep Arctic with like a small band of people there. I think that'd be like a fun, like he's fucking freezing and he hates it. And he's so goddamn angry. I think it'll be funnier. I mean, that at least would have played into the camp angle from, from last week. Right. Like if we played with and developed that, right. Like the punishment of the villain. I mean, again, I think it even would have been more impressive for him to like show up in an environment like that and not be affected by it. Right. Mm. And how like the people yeah. fall, fall, you know, fall to their knees in front of him for like, again, if you're out in the middle of the Arctic shelf, right. And it's been you're hundreds of miles from nowhere. Right. And there's just a dude walking around in his boots like that would have been a little scarier. Um, or just walking around his birthday suit, just melting snow with each each step. Right. Yeah. You have to show his ass. What, what, right. Yeah. Yeah. I to mean, what are we doing? Ass. Of course. Right. Um, of course, I would have taken. I would have taken the uh, Australian outback again. Like poor, poor Aboriginal folks in in the outback have also been through enough. So maybe it's a good thing that we didn't show that cinematically here. Um, yeah, but you could have had like the fucking nature in the outback, like a snake bite them and then the snake like die, like. <laughs> Because all I think of the, with the Outback is just every animal ever that could kill you. And, like, I never want to – I want to see it, but also want to wear, like, a hazmat suit where I can never be affected by anything that's there. 100%. And I think there would have been some symmetry, right, with, like, the desert imagery that Matt talked about. True. Like, that setting stuff and everything. Like, mm-hmm. that could work. So uh, that's my answer. I like it. That's good. Um, what about you? Well, in the uh, real quick, in the book, like, his final line is, like, I come to bring you civilization or whatever. So I, it's kind of, I guess, like, King kind of tipping his hand a little bit, like – Hey, civilization is the one that caused this gigantic fucking mess. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I was thinking like maybe Mongolia, 
Like I got really into like the oh, Dan nice. Carlin Harker history series of like just like the you know the the horse hor- nomadic horse tribes that'd be pretty cool. Maybe like Scandinavia, get your Vikings going, right? Reviking the planet. Those are like my there two choices. Go. But um, well, yeah, how's I mean, it, okay? Like how's Mongolia, he bringing civilization? Like what knowledge Mongolia does he have? He can find your Lloyds. He can find your Lloyds. That's what he can do. He can find <laughs> your Lloyds guy. and make one woman do all of the other work, right? He just have one dude loping around being a moron and one person running around frantically completing all of the actual missions that you're uh, that you're going to accomplish. Like, is he going to teach them how to, like, does he know how to, like, create tech and, like, use it? Like, is there going to be a scene of him, like, frustrated teaching farming? Like, you're doing it fucking wrong. No, no. and again, that's in the book, right? Like, again, and I think it it harkens back to that conversation very early on that Stu has um, with our dear departed Glenn about, like, you want to bring back civilization? Like, is that what you want? out of all of this so again some like nice narrative symmetry in the book that gets that's not brought up here yeah it's a lot more heavy hand in the book too where it's okay glenn glenn will say like i'm assuming all the engineers will will go to vegas because they want to get shit running or whatever and like it's like it's a lot more of like civilization bad you know peaceful like uh quiet smaller living good type stuff going Hmm. on in the book um and like it closes heavy on that with, with like flags saying, i'm bringing you civilization so so did glenn also know that the artists would go to vegas too that they wouldn't go to boulder nah, to get some boulder. yeah i don't know glenn yeah, he was way wrong yeah. how about the final kick in the dick from this show which is that of course we get another first name last name as like the last fucking line of this show <laughs> yeah my name is Bold russell name. faraday chef's kid and we throw it in like, there I, what is that? Why? What does that even mean? They can't even understand what he's saying anyway. Why do you need to announce your first and last name? People don't do this. No. It's the worst. No, it's just for us because again, like the 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 his initials come up more in the book. Like the RF initials come up more, and but they never uh, established that in the show. So no, who cares? I know. I know. Uh, no, because it's a bad show. It's a bad show doing bad <laughs> things, giving you the middle finger on its way. You know, crawling. It's a bleeding body out of this door, like one last time, right? Like this, this thing, we beat it up. I think people, its viewers beat it up. I think CBS viewership numbers are also going to beat it up a little bit further, right? Uh, so yeah, fuck this show. I'd like to think it was so bad that they had to change CBS to Paramount. Like, just <laughs> we're going to rebrand because holy god. Actually, I don't remember. Were any of those people climbing that mountain during the Super Bowl commercials? Did we yeah, see flag no flag climbing that mountain? <laughs> no flag climbing that mountain. Nope. Okay. I saw a lot of Star Trek people, you know, climbing that mountain. I didn't see any. Uh, I didn't see Stu up there. Scarsguard's HBO only after this. Unbelievable. Yeah, I, I saw Snooky climb that fucking mountain. Yeah, Snooky was on that mountain. <laughs> she was great. She was actually one of the funnier ones. Uh, All right, so I think look, that's it. We've yeah. we've we've officially finished the stand. We However, the stand. what's in store for us? Okay, as we kind of move forward here, a couple things. One, we're gonna do one more like kind of reflection episode. Uh, we'll talk about maybe some things that we like, some things that we hated from the entire series, and then by like popular demand, people want us to watch the original miniseries, which I have not watched. Matt and Corey, you have not watched either, correct? Correct. So we're gonna jump into the miniseries. We're gonna take a look. We're gonna see if it lives up to the hype of what some of you have said. Right now, just so you know, I have some doubts that it's going to be good. I'm sorry. A part of me just thinks that The Stand is a terrible thing. It was written in 1978, and there's no way it can translate to screen in 2020 if you don't update it a little bit. And all of you seem to kind of want a shot-for-shot remake of it, which would make that it would be super sexist, kind of racist, pretty terrible. 
Yeah, there's a lot of folks calling for no, like saying no adaptation is possible or that this needs to be a direct from book. And I don't think that's, I don't think that's right. I think you've got to mix it up. You've got to shake it up. You've got to cut things. You've got to move shit around. And again, uh, you didn't have that with this. You didn't have nearly enough time um, to actually build incredible journeys at the beginning. So I didn't care about anything that happened in the end. So again, so we talked about it all the way through. it's something that I don't think a shorter mini series will be able to solve is building those characters. But I hope I'm wrong, and I hope it's a better companion. I hope I'm wrong. If if the only thing I can hope for is a good companion to the book, I just hope that this one is a more competent version of that. Then, like, I hope it gives me some nice little fun moments. And Rob Lowe, what? It's got Rob Lowe. Hello, got Rob Lowe. I I'm just I got a lot of doubts about this being good, but hey, you know what? You fans have been so positive and you want this to happen, so it's happening. Uh, We're also looking for other shows that we're going to jump into. As you guys know, COVID really shut down production for a lot of new TV shows, which means that when shows would usually be dropping now or actually being pushed back to the summer and even to later. So we will get into other shows, but if you have any suggestions for things that you want us to review outside of just King stuff too, we know that other King podcasts exist, but even though we're not... You know, we're not hesitating, nor will we not do another King work. But if you have any other ideas that you want us to kind of take a look at, feel free to send us a message either on Twitter with a direct message at at broadcast at underscore broadcasters or at our Gmail account, which is the broadcasters podcast at gmail.com. Uh, I think that's it for me, guys. And do you have anything else? No, thanks for listening. Thanks for going on this weird journey with us. Yes. Uh, and again, hopefully uh, hopefully you're as relieved as we are to have put the show in, a, in the rearview mirror. Yeah, thanks. It was fun. This was fun. Look, at the end of the day, I had a ton of fun doing this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, and again, you know, the listeners made it just that that much more fun. So, oh, you know, we'll find something else to suffer through soon. <laughs> or God forbid we enjoy something. <laughs> God forbid we watch something. We're like, hey. How good was that? Uh, so we will be back next week with a reflection episode. We'll come back again with some mini series episodes. Uh, so that's it. We are the broadcasters. I'm Nick. I'm Matt. I'm Corey. See you guys next week.